Hello, and welcome to the Word Experience Podcast, where the Word of God is experienced in a fresh new way. Prepare yourself to hear God's Word talk with simplicity and understanding. And now, here's your host, Cliff Goldberg. What's going on with you today? What's going on with you today? You are listening to the Word Experience Podcast, where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. I am your host, Cliff Gober. Hope you're having a great day today. And if you're not, hey, let's start having a great day right now. Even if it's 11 o'clock at night and you're listening to it, you got an hour left to have a great day. So let's start having a great day now. And we'll start that great day with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for continuing to be God in our lives, for continuing to love us unconditionally with no strings attached, for just being the amazing God and Father in our lives who leads us and guides us in the direction that we should go. Your word says that the, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and, and, and he, you know, he, he delights in his way. And we just delight in the way that you're taking us, God. Sometimes we don't know where we're going or why we're going in that direction, but, but we know you're leading us and we trust you to lead us and guide us in the way that we should go. Now, God, as we prepare to hear this word, I declare in the name of Jesus that every ear is open to hear and every heart is open to receive what you have for us today. Bless your people with this word, God. Speak through me. Speak through me by your Holy Spirit and let a word behind the word go forth as my words go forth. I declare in the name of Jesus that no word will come out of my mouth that you don't desire your people to hear. And we will thank you and honor you and praise you and bless you in every area of our lives. We, we just, oh God, we just appreciate you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being the God that you are. Now, God, we just, we just release your hand on this time. We declare that no weapon formed against this time shall prosper and that your will will be done during this time for your people. We declare these things to be so in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, fam, glad to be with you today. Glad to be with you guys all the time, man. And thank you for listening to take the time out of your schedules to, to grasp this word. Uh, I was looking at the, uh, the, uh, the numbers and the statistics about the podcast, and uh, I've got some new listeners in New Mexico, got some new listeners in Long Beach, California, just got at least one new listener in France. So the Word Experience Nation is indeed growing. We're approaching 500 downloads, and uh, man, it, it's just been a blessing from the Lord uh, to be the vessel that He uses to bless uh, to bless His people. All right, so let's get into today's lesson. We're going to talk about the heart-mouth connection, the heart-mouth connection. There is a connection between the heart and the mouth. Now, we're not talking about the muscle inside the chest that pumps blood when we talk about the heart. We're talking about the inner part of a man the deepest part of a man. I believe if you look at it and dig a little deep uh, in the study of the word from the Old Testament, he's talking about the soul. Uh, he's not talking about the spirit. He's talking about the soul, where the mind, the will, the emotions, the intellect, and the imagination dwell, the soul of a man. So there is a connection between a man's soul, his heart, and his mouth, the things that come out of his mouth. So we're going to look at some things regarding that. And, and uh, I know it's going to bless you because it blessed me when I put this whole thing together. You know, I eat this stuff before I feed it to you. And, it, and I already know it's mm -mm good. So uh, <laughs> we're going to enjoy it today. So let's start with Proverbs chapter 6. 
verses 1 through 3, Proverbs chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. And we're going to look at how, uh, how, how valuable, how much our words guide and dictate our lives. Right? How our words can sometimes be a, a, a rudder for our lives. Proverbs 6, verses 1 through 3 says, My son, if you become surety for a friend, if you have shaken hands and pledged for a stranger, you are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. Now, the King James, uh, 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 when he talks about snares, he talks about it, it, it's defined as being trapped in a noose or set up uh, a trap is set for you, like a bear trap or a noose, right, where you trap an animal, that our words can trap us. Now, in this particular context, uh, Solomon, I believe, is the writer of, of this, uh, uh, this scripture. Uh, in this particular context, he's saying if you make a pledge to somebody that you don't know or you impulsively promise something to somebody and we'll just say the deal goes bad, he says you're stuck because of what you pledged. You are ensnared by the words of your mouth because you said it. Now you're bound to do what you said you were going to do, even though, even if you may find out later, you got yourself into a bad deal. Now, back in those days, a man's word was as good as a, a written contract. Okay, so he's saying, look, if you pledge something to somebody and you don't do it without thinking about it first, whatever you say, you are trapped by the words that you say and you have to honor what you say or I believe later on he talks about going to that person and apologizing and maybe asking to get out of it but once you say it you are trapped so the spiritual truth that we can pull out of this is that you are snared by the words of your mouth you are trapped by the words of your mouth I believe James talks about how the the um the tongue, it's a small thing, and he compares the tongue to a rudder of a boat. The rudder is probably one of the smallest parts of the ship, but it can guide, that small thing can guide a gigantic ship. And likewise, our words can work like a rudder of a ship and guide our lives, whether in a good direction or a bad direction, okay? Which takes me to my next scripture, Proverbs 18, Verse 21, Proverbs 18, verse 21, this is a relatively familiar passage of Scripture, but I think sometimes we, we kind of eh, don't quite get grasp the full meaning of it, which is why we're going to kind of connect this to something else. Proverbs 18 and 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I'll say it again. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, we know that Jesus got the keys to death, hell, and the grave when he rose from the dead. So I don't think he's talking about the death that Jesus got the keys for, right? We, we live, we have eternal life, we will have a second life after uh, the coming of the Lord and the dead will be raised and all of that stuff that you can read in, in the New Testament. But I don't think he's talking about that here. I, it's, it's, I think that there's a road that we, that we put ourselves on based on the words that we say. We can put our, our life on a road to death or we can put our life on a road to life based on the words that come out of our mouths. 
if, if, if you say to yourself over and over and over again, I'm never going to be a success or they're never going to let me have that promotion or I'm never going to be married or you allow those words to enter into your heart. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but it's all good. Um, if, if you, if you, if you put those words out that I'll never be, I'll never get, I'll never have, right. And you believe those words that you say, you put your life on a death cycle that you will never have and you will never get, and you will never be able to whatever that thing is on the other side of that. Or if you say, I'm looking forward to having, or I'm, I believe God that I'm going to get, and you believe those words, you can put yourself on a life cycle, right? Just by the words that you speak. Now, it's not just by the words that you speak, okay? And I'm going to get to that here in a minute. But I want to look at this same scripture from two different translations just to kind of, you know, nail in the importance of the words as Chris Tucker would say in, in uh, one of his movies, the, the words that are coming out of our mouths. And I almost titled the podcast that the words that come out of our mouths, right? So let's look at Proverbs 18 and 21 from a, uh, a new translation that I found that I love. It's called the Passion Translation. And the Passion Translation for Proverbs 18 and 21 says, Your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. Your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. I was working, I used to work at Universal Studios Hollywood, and uh, I used to perform in a live stunt show, which was really, really fun, and I worked with some fantastic people. And so one day I came in, I was kind of in a bad mood. This is back in those days when I was really moody, and if things were going well, I was in a great mood. uh, great mood. If things were going bad, I was in a bad mood. And during that time of my life, not a whole lot was going well. So you can imagine the moods I was in, right? So I come into the break room one day and I'm in a bad mood and I walk in and people are just, Hey, how you doing Cliff? And they're having a good time. And I started speaking out of my bad mood. And as I looked around, I realized I had an effect on everybody in that break room. I brought the whole room down by the words that came out of my mouth because of what was in my heart. Again, I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's all good. The heart-mouth connection, right? So based on what was in my heart, there were words that came out of my mouth on a regular basis. And in about 15 to 20 minutes, what was once a happy, joyful place became sullen and down. And nobody got angry or mad or anything like that. But I just, I just felt the emotional temperature of the room drop. And I remember that day as I was going home, I said, you know what, if I can bring, if if my words and my attitude can bring a room down, then my words and my attitude can also bring the room up. And I endeavored that day, I would never walk into an environment and bring it down. I would either at worst leave it the same or try to bring it up. And, and this is what we're talking about. Death, bringing things down, or life, raising things up, are in the power, the ability of our words. Our words are so powerful, according to this, to, to this translation, that they will either kill or give life. You can kill a mood or give life to a mood. 
You can kill an atmosphere or give life to an atmosphere. These days, words are killing our young people. That over the internet, they're getting words of death. You ought to kill yourself. You're so stupid. You're so fat. You're so ugly. I don't even know why you were born. And people are ingesting those words and they're taking their lives. Words that are killing people. And you may say to yourself, oh, I'm just talking. No, 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 no. You, it, it is as good as pointing a gun at someone and pulling the trigger by your death-giving words. Some of you guys, oh, man, I don't want to come off as, as, as I know it all, and I don't want to come off as critical. But I think some of us need to pay more attention to the words that we speak to people. I think we need to really think about what we say to people before we say it. And we need to really work on not speaking out of our emotions. I was in Sunday school class a couple years ago, and my Sunday school teacher talked about the difference between reacting and responding. See, reacting comes straight out of our emotions. Slap, slap, right? You hit me, I'm going to hit you back. Right? There's a great classic movie, In the Heat of the Night, uh, starring Sidney Poitier, and um, set in the you know uh, early 60s. And um, uh, Sidney Poitier is a detective, and he's, he's interrogating this rich white guy in the South. And he says something that the rich white guy didn't like, so the rich white guy slaps Sidney, and Sidney slaps him right back. Right? That's reacting. Slap, slap. Responding is slap. Did he just slap me? I know he didn't just slap me. Okay, I got to figure out how I'm going to respond because I can't believe he just slapped me, right? And then you come with a response. The response says, I don't immediately react. I don't, I don't immediately respond. I don't immediately, help me, Lord. I don't immediately come back with, a, with an action that's based on the action that's given to me. I take a minute. I take a minute. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, somebody slap you and they just let them keep slapping you. That's not what I'm talking about, you know. Jesus said, turn the other cheek. Well, that's not what he said, but anyway, defend yourself if somebody's attacking you, okay? But my point is, take the time to think about what you're going to say before you say it. Because we, we, we can, without even thinking, dispense death into the lives of people. And if, if you're a teenager or a young person listening to this podcast, hey, man, pay attention to or don't pay attention to a lot of that negative stuff on social media. You know, social media can be a wonderful tool. I use social media to get this podcast out. But just like everything else in life, it can be a, an ex extremely harmful tool also. And so, you know, be careful about reading negative comments and spending too much time on social media and, and ingesting all of that stuff. We're going to kind of get to that a little bit here later also. All right. Uh, let's look at the message translation for Proverbs 18 and 21. This is really cool. The message translation of Proverbs 18 and 21 says, Words kill... Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. 
So the question is, how do we consistently speak life-giving words that are fruit words and not poison words? How do we speak more fruit words than poison words? Because he says you can choose fruit or poison, death or life, right? It's right in that, that little thing between our lips and our teeth, okay? The tongue, the words that come out of our mouth can be poisonous words or fruitful words. I think um, I've talked about in times past how our words should be seasoned with salt, that our words should taste good, our words should, should have a, a antiseptic uh, aspect to it, our words should speak words that preserve things and not tear down and deteriorate things, you know, poison versus fruit. How do I stay on the fruit path and stay off the poison path? I'm glad you asked. Let's go to Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. Because it's not just the mouth, and I was alluding to this earlier. It's not just the mouth. The mouth is connected to the heart. So if we're going to change our words, we got to change our heart. Right? I'm going to say that again. If we're going to change our words, we got to change our heart. Because unless the root is changed, the fruit can't change. You can't bring oranges out of an apple tree. Why? Because the root of that tree is designed to bring forth apples, not oranges. You got to change the root in order to change the fruit. All right. So let's look at Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. Matthew 12 and 34 says, for this is Jesus talking. He says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. All right. I've got the Passion Translation and I've got the Amplified Translation to kind of bring some more clarity to this. In the Passion Translation, well, let me re read the Amplified. In the Amplified, he says, for out of the fullness the overflow, the superabundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the fullness, the overflow, the superabundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now the Passion Translation says, For what has been stored up in your hearts will be heard in the overflow of your words. What has been stored up in your hearts will be heard in the overflow of your words. What is he saying? Whatever you've been taking into your heart, once that hits overflow, it's coming right out of your mouth. If you've been storing up anger towards someone and thinking about how they wronged you and thinking about how they did you wrong and thinking about how they stole from you and thinking about this and thinking about, thinking about, thinking, thinking about, as soon as you see them and they say hello, all of that stuff is going to come out of your mouth because it has been stored up in your heart. And what has been stored up in our hearts will be heard in the overflow of our words. That's the connection. So the question becomes then now, how do we, how do we get the right kind of overflow in our hearts? How do we get the right kind of overflow? How do we get the right kind of superabundance? How do we store up the right kind of uh, things in our heart? Well, we, we, we can do that by checking out Psalms 1, verses 1 through 3. Psalms 1, verses 1 through 3. This is a relatively uh, familiar passage of Scripture. 
Psalms 1, 1 through 3 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, here we go, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. So the key now to getting the right kind of overflow is meditating on the word day and night, what we see in verse 2. Now, meditating on the word day and night does not mean from 8 o'clock in the morning to 6 o'clock at night, all I do is read the Bible because the Bible says I'm supposed to meditate in the word law, the law of God day and night. That's not what he means. You got to pay bills. You got to handle your responsibilities. We've got to be light in dark places. Can't be light in dark places reading the Bible nine hours a day. Okay? So what he's talking about here now is spending time on a regular basis, day and night, regular basis, feeding on that Word of God, ingesting the Word of God, creating an overflow of the Word of God. And when we create, just, just imagine spend, spending, I don't know, three, four days a week just studying the Word where love is concerned, looking up all of the different scriptures on love. What kind of overabundance of love is that's going to be built up in your heart? Or, or you, you spend time meditating on the Word of God where giving is concerned, or where uh, peace is concerned, or where God being a provider is concerned. You look up five, six, seven scriptures about those individual things and let that overflow build up in your heart. Well, if you're spending a, a, a lot of time on love, from the word of God, when, when, when your words come out of your mouth, they're going to be words that's based in love. Why? Because you got an overabundance of love in your heart. If you're spending time reading the Psalms about how wonderful and amazing God is, right? Then the, the overflow, the uh, superabundance of your heart, when you start to speak, that superabundance is going to come out and words about the goodness of God is all you're going to be able to talk about. Why? Because that's the overflow of your heart. But if you spend time meditating on politics and meditating on cynicism and meditating on shootings in schools and meditating on the, the people at work that are selfish and out to get your job and meditating on, you know, we're in a recession and you're meditating on all of those things. That's going to become the overflow out of in your heart, and what comes out of your mouth is going to be based on that overflow. So when we spend time in the Word of God, I think one translation says we chew on Scripture, right? When we, when we, when we spend time, we read it, we study it, we think about it, we turn it over and over in our minds, we consider it from different perspectives, we pray that God shows us, gives us revelation based on what we study. When we do that on a regular basis... We build up an overflow of godly perspective, of godly principles in our heart, right? And then what comes out of our mouth is based on that overflow because we've spent time meditating on that word, right? The Amplified Version of verse 2 says that on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, I love that, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and by night to ponder and study the teachings of God day and night will create an overabundance 
an overflow of the teachings of God. So what's going to come out of your mouth is based on what you learn from the teachings of God. Oh, he's so holy. He's so godly. He's so amazing. Why is it? Because that person spends a whole lot of time in the word of God. That's all that is. That's all it is. They might be nice by personality or nice by nature, but what comes out of it, when you're around people and all they do is encourage you and build you up and say good things about you and say great things about God and always looks on the bright side of life, as this one <laughs> song says in a movie, that they always look on the bright side of life, that person, I bet you, nine times out of ten, that's a person, especially if they're born again, that's a person that's been spending time in the Word of God, in the teachings of God. And they've gotten something now that has filled their heart up, not, not quarter fill, half tank, but it's an overflow tank of words, of, of, of the teachings of God that bring those words out of their mouths. It's meditating and spending time in the Word of God that fills up our hearts with that good stuff, with that fruitful stuff and not that poison stuff. That now when we speak, the words that we speak reflect the good things that are in our hearts. Now, I went to a commentary where they spoke about meditation. And it says, to meditate in God's Word is to discourse with ourselves concerning the great things contained in it with a close application of mind, a fixedness of thought, till we suitably affect it with those things and experience the savor and power of them in our hearts. This we must do day and night. We must have a constant, I love this, we must have a constant habitual regard to the Word of God as the rule of our actions and the spring of our comforts. And we must have it in our thoughts accordingly upon every occasion that occurs, whether night or day. Now, that's a lot, but, but I think we can suss this part out right here. Um, we must do day and night. We must have a constant habitual regard to the Word of God as the rule of our actions and the spring of our comforts. We must have a constant habitual regard to the word of God as the rule of our actions. See, this is, I think I did a podcast a while back called the value of the word of God. See, when you value the word of God, actually spending time in that word of God, I believe will create the value of the word of God. And when you value something, you're going to spend time with it. When we value the people in our lives, we're going to spend, want to spend time with them as much time as possible. You know, my brothers are scattered all across the East Coast and the West and, and the South. Man, I'm on the West Coast. I miss spending time with my brothers. They got together. A couple of my brothers got together a few weeks ago, man. It's like, ah, oh, man, I wish I could have been there. Why? Because I value them as people in my life. So when we value the Word of God, we're going to spend that time in it. And when we habitually spend time in the Word of God, it's going to create that good godly overflow. And now good godly words will come out of our mouths because we got that good godly overflow on the inside of our hearts. The mouth-heart connection. Y'all feeling me on this? Y'all feeling me on this? Okay. All right. Now, ah, man, this is so good. Uh, I want to go to Romans 10 and 10. Romans 10 and 10. We're almost done here. Romans 10 and 10. And now when we talk about hearts, our hearts, 
the thing that's connected not only is our mouth connected to our hearts, but belief is found in our hearts. Belief is found in our hearts. So now, not only are we looking at a heart-mouth connection, we are also looking at a belief-mouth connection. They're all tied together. So Romans 10 and 10 says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. With the, with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So again, we see the heart and the mouth connected, and the, the thing that it's connected to is belief. What I believe in my heart is going to be what I say out of my mouth. Okay, The Passion Translation says, Belief begins in the heart and leads to a life that's right with God. Confession departs from our lips and brings eternal salvation. Now, the context that Paul is talking about here is getting born again. Earlier here in Romans, he says, if you confess with your heart, uh, uh, if you if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you shall be saved. Then he says, for with the heart one believes and with the mouth confession is made. Okay, so we can use that I believe, in various situations. And, and we'll use this spiritual principle. With the heart, one believes, and with the mouth, confession is made. With the heart, one believes, and with the mouth, confession is made. Well, what are we confessing? What do we believe? We only really confess or say what we believe. You know, we might have empty words and people talk about, well, I don't want to speak nothing into existence. You can only, you know, I'm not a big fan of that phrase, as you can now tell. <laughs> but, but the reality is we can really only bring to pass what we believe. It's not just speaking. Well, I don't want to say that because I don't want to speak it into existence. Well, it's only going to get spoken into existence if you believe it. Right When we talked about earlier, life, death and life is in the power of the tongue. It is death that we believe or life that we believe that brings the death cycle or the life cycle. If I believe it and it's death, eventually it's going to bring forth what I believe. If I believe it and it's life, my words are going to talk me right into that life or my words are going to talk me right into that death. It's words that we believe that bring the death or the life. The words that we believe, right? With the heart, one believes, and with the mouth, confession is made. All right? Belief begins in the heart. And where do we get our belief from? From words that are either spoken to us or that we hear on television or hear on the radio or hear on podcasts. See what I did there? Right? That whatever we take in to our ears right, or through our eyes, and that thing gets in our heart, now, and it becomes something, and it takes root, now it becomes something that we believe, and with the heart, I believe, and because my mouth is connected to my heart, now words are going to come out of my mouth that's based on what I believe, that's based on words that I heard that got into my heart. So, you see how important it is to pay attention to our heart. Matter of fact, I believe, uh, 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 Solomon said in Proverbs, to guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it comes the issues of life. 
Guard your heart with all diligence because out of the heart now comes the issues of life. Out of the heart becomes what we believe. And, 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 and what we believe determines what we say. And people are saying some crazy stuff these days. You hear people who are not African-American speak negatively against other African-Americans and they may have never even met one. Where does this come from? It comes from them not guarding their heart and words getting into their ears and images coming into their eyes that create a belief system that says because of the color of your skin, you're, you're not better than me. Because of the color of your skin, you can't do these types of things. Because the color of your skin, you're, you're, you're no different than an animal. Because they heard words now that created a belief, and out of that belief, confession was made. Right? So we got to be careful about what we listen to. We got to be careful about what we watch. We've got to guard our hearts with all diligence. Because with the heart we believe and with the mouth confession is made. All right. All right. Let's, um, let's kind of wrap this up here. Um, uh, 2 Corinthians 4 and 13, just to kind of put a nail on this coffin of believing and speaking. 2 Corinthians 4 and 13 uh, says, Yet we have the same spirit of faith as he who wrote, I have believed and therefore I have spoken. Now he was referencing something that David wrote in one of the Psalms. Yet we have the same spirit of faith as he had who wrote, I have believed and therefore I have spoken. Then he says, we too believe and therefore we speak. Now I believe he was talking about Jesus in that context. We believe what Jesus did. We believe in the gospel. And so we speak about the gospel. So so here is the spiritual truth here. We speak what we believe. And when we speak what we believe, it turns on the death cycle or it turns on the life cycle. And what we believe, it comes out of our heart. Watch this. Last thing. Mark chapter 5 verses 25 and 29. We're looking here at the woman with the issue of blood. So we know what her situation was. She had been in this situation for 12 years. Um, she had gone to many doctors. She had spent all of her money and she got worse. Right. And then we pick it up here in the middle. Uh, it says she heard of Jesus. When she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. Here we go. For she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. That's what she said. And straightway the fountain of blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. I want to hit this now, put a spotlight on this. She said, now we know the traditional King James says, if I may touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. The Passion Translation kind of really, really brings this thing out and it connects us to what we're talking about, which is why I put it in the podcast. Verse 28 of the, slow down, Cliff. Verse 28 of the Passion Translation. I got a little excited. It says, for she kept saying to herself, if only I can touch his clothes, I know I will be healed. She kept saying to herself, I know if I can touch his clothes, I know I will be healed. 
If only I can touch his clothes over and over again, I know I will be healed. If only I can touch his clothes. What is she doing? She's building that thing up in her heart. She's building it up in her heart. And she kept saying what was in her heart because belief is, starts in the heart and confession is made to salvation. And she said that thing so much that it built up so much in her heart that not only did she say it, but now her actions came out of what she said. So now we go from belief to confession to actions, from heart to mouth to actions. And her actions are what got her whole, what got her healed. The rest of the scripture says that to Jesus said to her, your faith made you whole. The touch, mm, that's good. The touch got her healed, but her faith made her whole. And what did that faith come from? It came from the belief in her heart. Because she had heard about Jesus and heard about Jesus and Jesus healed that person and Jesus did that with that person and Jesus was teaching all day and Jesus did miracles and Jesus, 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 Jesus. And that thing built up in her so much that when she heard Jesus was coming, she said, I got to go touch his clothes. She had such an overabundance of the goodness of Jesus that she moved through the press and did something that was illegal because the law of Moses said, if you have an issue of blood is in Leviticus, if you have an issue of blood, you are unclean. And if you are unclean, I believe it says you're not supposed to go out in public. And she was not only in public, she was around a crowd of people. That's how strong her belief was that came out of the words that she heard about Jesus and, and manifested itself into the words that she said to herself that moved her with, by faith to go and get something that she should have, but she had to do it by breaking the law. Now, don't nobody go out there and break the law and be speeding and say, well, you know, I said to myself, if I can just get to the store by 8 o'clock and you're going 100 miles an hour to get there, no, no, the popo coming to get you. <laughs> okay. But, but it's that thing of there is so much belief. There is so much overflow in my heart. I'm moved by faith to do whatever I got to do to get what I'm supposed to have. And that doesn't come because that lady just had great faith. It comes because she got an overflow of the, what Jesus could do for her. And it created a confession that moved her to action, faith-based action. And she got a miracle from God through Jesus Christ. And it started with an overflow of the heart that created a confession out of her mouth that led to a faith action that got a miracle from her. She got healed and made whole by the master. Man, that's a model for living that we just, we just infuse our hearts with the goodness of God and the goodness of God, and the goodness of God, and the goodness of God, and the power of God, and the love of God, and the righteousness of God, and, 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 and just fill our hearts up with that, that's going to change the words that come out of our mouths. Oh, man, I could, I could go on for another half hour with this, but I'm not. I'm going to stop right here because, you know, 
I know y'all got stuff to do and, and things are going on, and I get it. I understand. So we're going to call it a day. Hey, listen, again, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for sharing it with other people. We've been, we've been in France, y'all. This is awesome, man, what God continues to do with this podcast. So I pray it continues to bless you. Keep listening. Keep passing it along. Let's continue to grow this Word Experience Nation, and I'll see you next time on the Word Experience Podcast, where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. God bless you. Peace. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that what you heard will start you on a journey of change and transformation. If you'd like to communicate with Cliff with a question or a comment, you can do so via email at clifftalk 63 at gmail.com. That's clifftalks, the number 63, at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. God bless, and we'll see you next time on The Word Experience.